We're so glad you joined us at the Grace Gathered Podcast. If you've found your way here, know that you are hearing from two women who have prayed over you. Our prayer is that together we can encounter God and His Word intentionally and saturate our minds with Jesus in a world that is determined to fix our eyes on anything but Him. We hope you gather much encouragement to grow on and to share, and that you leave each episode knowing and loving Jesus just a little bit more. So grab a cup of coffee and come join our conversation. Let's get started. Hey girls, Libby and I are here to continue the conversation from our last episode where we talked about margin and creating margin in our lives. We mentioned we're heading toward the goal of Sabbath. And today we are going to be talking about rest and resting in God. Looking back at the previous episode, the reason we don't rest is because we're too busy trying to do all the things and fill up every minute of our days, which is the world's idea of productivity. How do we live in this world where there are things that have to be done Yet we go about our day and go about our daily activities with a spirit of peace. Mm. And the peace that we're talking about isn't vacation and and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. It's very different. It's having peace in the midst of having to bathe our children and, yes. and cook dinner and do the laundry. There are things that have to be done. And sometimes God is asking us to take things off our plate. He does say Absolutely. we're doing the wrong work or we're doing someone else's work. Absolutely. <laughs> but sometimes you're right. It is just him asking us to do work with a changed heart and a changed spirit about right. it. So the closest we can get to true peace is just looking and walking more and more like Jesus. Yeah, I like to think of it like my closet um, and my clothing. I'm not naturally dressed like Jesus. In fact, we are the complete opposite. And so in order to be able to become more and more like Jesus, I have to take off my old self and put on the spirit or the characteristics um, or the way Jesus talked and the way Jesus walked and the way Jesus lived. I have to put those things on as I go about my way and take the way I would naturally do something off. Mm. What stood out to me there from what you said is first we must take off. Mm. We've been talking about doing too many things, Um, Even good things, more Bible reading, more listening to worship music, more of everything. But if we just layer, 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 we become heavy laden. Mm -hmm. We have to first take something off before we can put something else on. That's right. It's very good. And I I don't want the listeners to think we're giving out a list of Mm to-dos. These things may look different for each one of us in the way that we incorporate these rhythms into our life, right? It's going to look different. But there are some things about the way of Jesus that will not look different from anyone. Love, joy, and peace are the things about Jesus that we want to eventually put on. How we get there may look very different for each one of us. Mm, Very true. I think one reason God brings people together who are so different is because we've talked about this before, leveraging what we can learn from each other and our personality types and our strengths and our talents. Um, I'm the same as you. (laughs) Very. If I'm taking a bath at the end of the night to try and relax, I'm thinking about what I should be doing instead. That's Mm. that's literally of more value. (laughs) Right. Right. And my husband is 
not a lazy person. He's a very hard worker, but he has always been so much better than me at like doing his hobbies and taking time to do the things that he enjoys when he, you know, when he clocks out from work. And I think for a long time at the beginning of our marriage, I did see that as laziness. Mm -hmm. I was like, you could be doing some things differently too. And really what I've learned through this process, talking about this with you and through the last couple of years of my marriage is what I'm actually doing by not doing that is robbing my home of harmony mm. and peace. I'm bringing this sense of like frenzy to, mm. to my home. <laughs> and he is actually just, I'm grateful. He's actually taught me a lot about That's wonderful. rest. That's great. So, <laughs> so when Libby and I first started talking about this topic, it actually just sort of came out naturally as this overflow of conversation from our last episode, <laughs> which tells you how much we need it too. Absolutely. <laughs> But sometimes when we sit down and talk about something, I'll say, I see this concept clicking fully in your brain and it's not clicking in mine. And so we take a step back. And a lot of times what we find is that we're just defining words very differently. Um, Sometimes just from me to Libby and sometimes it's us defining things differently than the Bible defines it. So um, when we're talking about rest, we're not just talking about taking time away from work. I think if you had asked me to define rest, I would say um, halting all of my physical and mental labor. You know, I picture Mm. what I do for a career or what I do to take care of my home. Mm. Um, But I picture laying on the beach. Yes, yes, really. That's (laughs) not even not even really reading a book or anything. Just listening to the waves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the thing about that is, we can't do that every single day. But we can have this peace, this rest as a daily rhythm in our life. We can. We can incorporate that without going to the beach. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to what we were saying before, that we are called and created to work from rest, not for it. Mm. Yes. I think a lot of us picture getting all of our work done so that we can go. Yes. You know, put our feet up at the end of the day. Yes. <laughs> Take a bath. <laughs> But rest is actually more of a heart space, more of a heart posture. It is obediently telling God, I have limitations, but you don't have any limitations. The essence of it is the change in our heart and the way that we view and think about things. So So let's start with defining rest like the Bible defines rest. Mm -hmm. Rest is a commandment. God set this idea and precedent in motion all the way back at creation. When God created the earth in six days and then rested on the seventh, it really wasn't because he was tired. He knew he was our creator. He knew that he had created our bodies with limitations. And we've talked a little bit about that before. And he built that in that example for us so that we could learn, although he wasn't tired, we could learn from him. He is all our ultimate teacher, that we also need that limitation. And then in Exodus, he demonstrated what that can look like, what the practice and the rhythm of that can look like by asking them to not work and to cease from even going out and gathering the manna on that day. Just those small amounts of things that God taught his people because he wanted them to understand it wasn't just about not doing anything. 
that there was this moment that even in their rest, what they had to do or what they needed to do was recognize what he had done for them and give thanks back for it. Mm. When I think of it as the absence of work or striving, uh, it's just one small definition of it. What, Absolutely. What God asks us to do is to think of it more as resting on his promises mm. or resting in his strength or resting in his wisdom. Yeah. I'm sure many of us have heard this verse, but the Bible verse from Psalm 4610 that says, be still and know that I am God. Mm. I think even in our busiest, like physically or mentally busiest days, we can still practice that kind of rest and be still and know that he is providing. He's taking care of everything. He is giving us the grace and the strength we need to do the work that he asked us to do and put in front of us too. That's right. We don't have to strive. He also, um, in Exodus, Moses tells the people, don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the Lord's salvation, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. I love that. I love that visual as well. They just stood there and watched what God did for them. This has applied to me both in times where I'm so busy that I can't see straight and times where I'm stuck and I'm actually feel, I actually feel like I'm not moving anywhere. Mm. God is doing work on my behalf all the time and I only need to be still and watch what he's going to do with it. It's good. The context of this verse from Exodus where God says, the Lord will fight for you, you need only be still, is when the Israelites are getting ready to cross the Red Sea. God did something so great. I'm sure the Israelites did not wake up that morning and think, I'm going to see an ocean parted. <laughs> so <laughs> we think small. I wonder what God would do today for me if I just stood still and stopped trying to accomplish everything for myself. <laughs> so good. Another one of the things to redefine, I think, for me, and perhaps one of the biggest things the devil steals from us, is a correct view of what work truly is. Yeah. Um, God's work is rest for your soul. That is so good. You know, in Matthew 11, Jesus, these are Jesus's words. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And he, he goes on and he says a few more words. But then at the end, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His yoke or the work to be done is easy and light. So you, if you want rest, you'll do his work. Boy, that sure makes you see and view the word and the terminology of work differently because Jesus says his work is light and it will bring you rest. Isn't that beautiful? It is. And I think what that sounds like to a lot of people is we're all supposed to be doing professional ministry work, (laughs) but there's work for us that he has for us in each of our individual situations. Absolutely. So even if it is ministry work and you're striving to do as much kingdom work as you can, God's saying, let's do it together. You don't have to do this by yourself. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. I think it's really important to understand that everyone has a vocational calling and everyone also has a spiritual calling in their life, right? I think we just have to be able to see that God can take any opportunity, even within our vocational work and use it for kingdom work. Mm -hmm. 
He can use a barista at Starbucks. God can use an executive at IBM. It's opening our eyes to see how God looks at the work that he's given us to do, both vocational and spiritual, and he can use them in any way he sees fit, if we're willing. Hmm. And Stephanie, you know, because my life is in ministry, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes get some of these words or the definitions of what the word work means mixed up in my life. It's easy to think everything I'm doing is kingdom work, but it's also easy that if I don't take the time for rest and I don't step back and draw some lines and offer other people opportunity to step in and do some of the kingdom work that I have taken on, then I burn out. Because I don't have that margin in my life either. So it's so important that we understand when we're talking about work, the difference. And, and, and even for someone who is in ministry, how easily the lines can become blurred. And the ultimate outcome is burnout. You said to me once that when you try to take on too much work, it's you telling God ultimately that you don't trust him to bring other people alongside with you to do that work. So what are some of our actions telling God? Mm. If you take on too much work, it's not saying I'm just eager to do so much work. It's saying I don't trust you to also provide people to walk with me and do the rest of this work. If I don't do it, it won't get done. (laughs) That's absolutely right. And I, I think this podcast is a perfect example of that because A year ago, um, or I guess maybe even a little more than a year ago, before you and I really came to the point where we were going to sit down and I knew you were going to be on board with this, I thought I had to do this podcast by myself. And we've we've laughed and talked about it before. Like, I didn't even know what to do. I didn't even know how to turn this on, a microphone on, (laughs) right? Um, But I was determined, oh, well, I've got, I need to do this. But God had something else in mind. He wanted you to come alongside of me. We're walking through this together and we're both doing different parts of it and God is taking it and using it and he's growing us closer to him in the process. So not only are we doing this together to try to help other women, God is using it to grow us. Mm -hmm. And what a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I hope that I'm learning in this process that being still Having peace, resting is not equated with laziness. And that peace that we have is what's really going to make people look at us and think, I want what she has, and that's Jesus. That's right. The Hebrew word shalom is where we get our word for peace. Um, But the word peace doesn't quite do the definition of shalom justice. Often we describe peace as the absence of suffering, turmoil, or problems. And, but shalom actually means the presence of prosperity, wholeness, tranquility, welfare, harmony, and peace. It can also be translated into a peace that binds chaos. And so in order for us to be free We have to embrace the fact that rest is our portion in Christ. When he died on the cross and said, it is finished, he meant it. He did the work. And that makes rest our birthright. 
It means we don't have to strive to deserve rest. That's that right. is not something for the elite or the most accomplished. That's right. And when we rest in him, that brings him glory. Yeah, Paul is a great example of someone in the Bible that we can learn this from. He experienced this kind of peace, this shalom peace, even in weakness and suffering. And it actually strikes me that when he was the godliest man, I put that in quotations, <laughs> when he was the Pharisee who was doing what he thought was good, even kingdom work, he I don't think that was when he was a peaceful person. No. He, he was a peaceful person after that stage in his life. That's right. When he was suffering for the gospel. Because he had adopted the way of Jesus into his life, that even when he was in a time of trial or turmoil, he could experience a peace that passes any kind of human understanding. And God always gave him an allotment of grace to make that possible. He didn't do that of his own strength. That's right. Um, an allotment of grace that I personally see as rather outlandish. I read that and I'm like, there's no way. That's not for real. (laughs) You can't be peaceful through all that. (laughs) But God gives us grace to do just the right amount of grace to do what he's asked us to do. That's right. Which is also why I think when we get into that comparison we've talked about, when we're looking at other people and saying they're more productive than us or How do they even do that? I can't understand or fathom how they do that. It's because we are not walking in their shoes with the allotment of grace that God has given them to accomplish that work. That's right. And you know what? Because God was walking with Paul and he had that allotment of grace, for example, when he was in chains and his guards saw him worshiping the Lord, When his chains were broken because of the earthquake, what happened? The guard came to Christ. He came to the saving knowledge of Jesus because of witnessing that peace in Paul in that tumultuous situation. Mm, That is so important. I think when we're talking about living like Jesus so that the world can see Jesus, consider what our striving and working so hard says to all the people around us. It Mm. says that we have to work hard to get anything done. Mm. It says that it's up to us Mm -hmm. to get it done. It's not up to anyone else, including God. Mm. Oh, that's powerful. You really stop and think about that. I don't think it speaks loudly of grace Mm. at all. You should use one of our words. It says there's very little margin for Mm. error. Well, we've talked about this before. Do you think that... In the striving, we strive so hard because we're working towards perfection. And that kind of goes back to honoring the process. And we've talked about that before, that God doesn't, isn't expecting perfection out of us. He knows our limitations. What he wants is us to continue to be an image bearer of his and continue to grow and look more and more like him. Yeah. And filling in the gaps in our shortcomings, our limitations, that's his chance to shine. Absolutely. Too. <laughs> so Absolutely. if we if we're striving for perfection, in theory, what we're saying is I'm pri- I'm striving for there to be no gaps in my my life whatsoever, no shortcomings, and so that's saying to God, there's no room for you mm. to shine through mm. and for people to see you because all, all people are going to see is me and mm. what I've achieved. Mm. 
So really, a woman who is flourishing is not someone who has their life all together. The perfect systems in place, the perfect achieve, you know, list of achievements. That's it's right. someone who's walking within their means and measurement of grace from God and um, work to do and is able to do their work, the work before them, cheerfully. That's good. And I, I take that picture again of that yoke and the oxen, and you're the oxen, and Jesus is on the other side. And that's a woman who's flourishing, who's walking in the work with Jesus next to her. So our prayer today is deceptive in its simplicity. It is that God might help us to be discerning about the things he's asking us to take off of our to-do lists, and that he would also help us to be discerning about the things he's asking us to do, but with a different heart. That's right. And remember, the goal isn't perfection. This is a perpetual mission. It's a constant growth journey. And the way that we will achieve this is only to rest on our limitations and on God's limitless power. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time.